Alex, I've got something to tell you. That's weird. So have I. This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the brand new Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Shivani Dave. And with me, Alex Milsom. Each week we're going to be taking a delve into the Virgin Radio Pride archive, looking back at some of the highlights of our fabulous three-month pop-up radio station. Most importantly though, we are looking at ways that we can continue the conversation for the LGBTQ plus community. It's probably worth pointing out that my pronouns are they and them. And my pronouns are he, him. In case you missed it from our little introduction, we couldn't think of a better way, a better topic to start our first episode with than, drumroll please, it's like an ASMR session, coming out! Coming out is something that we as LGBTQ plus people do all of the time. It's something nearly all of us have done and will have to go through continuously. We've both certainly done it. And I mean, I can't speak for you, Alex, but I continue to do it basically every day. So we wanted to share our stories with you. Alex, you go first. (laughs) It's cliche, but I um, came out, technically speaking, to my mum in a closet. Um... And you know, iconic. It, I, it sort of was iconic. I came up to my dad in a Mackey's car park. Some wild, wild day that involved um, a, I think it was a Big Mac in the car park, and just finally feeling like I could actually come out and say. And then I came up to my mum after I developed a crush on a boy on my first day at a new school, and I was like. Yep, I'm gay. And that kind of <laughs> sunk in there. It's like, right, okay, yep, guess we've just got to accept this one. Starts with mum. You know what? I I know I'm quite lucky when I say it was quite breezy. What about you, Shivani? That is so sweet. I have so many follow-up questions about what it is that made you want to come out with a mouthful of Big Mac. But we'll save that for... <laughs> When the mics are off, maybe. Um, For me, coming out was... I mean, I've come out multiple times, but I suppose the most memorable one was I came out on the radio. That's pretty cool. That's pretty high camp. uh, High camp, for (laughs) sure. I mean, I love attention. What can I say? No, I don't. That's not why I did it. But <laughs> lots of trolls seem to think that that was the reason why. I um, I came out on the radio. I was just talking about what it means to be non-binary and what it means to come out constantly as an LGBTQ plus person or mm-hmm. a person within that community. And I just sort of found myself saying that I'm non-binary and coming out is something that you have to do constantly. And as a non-binary person, coming out is something that is really tough because it is almost a daily thing and yeah so then um the tabloids wrote me up and they're famous that's high camp um how have you found it since i found it okay you know um i quite like being my authentic self and being able to embrace all of those elements of my identity and um it's been nice being able to sort of have that up front with lots of people. When when somebody meets me, it's not like a thing that I'm scared of uh, telling them anymore because I know that if they've Googled me or looked me up on Twitter, it would be very obvious to them that I'm non-binary. So it's kind of nice. What about you? I remember I quite 
like that I'm out. And I've always said to people who I talk to, I'm so much better out than in. And it is so much better out than in. And I swear by that. There was this one time, though, that you kind of realise as you go about your day-to-day life that you actually sometimes almost come back in. And there was this one point where it was Pride in London in 2019. Do you remember Prides when we had those before what, like, the Panny D? Like in-person, real physical events? As opposed to a Zoom room. Yes, I remember them fondly. And I went to this big-ass night out in um, Clapham Grand. And mm, they gave me this night out. amazing face paint. I'll show you the photo in a sec. They gave this amazing face paint that was basically an entire rainbow and it was strewn across my face and I had a great time and I felt, you know, we're talking high camp. I felt high camp and then some. I felt high camp and then higher and it was great higher camp higher camp not higher camp as in i'm renting it for the day that's a very different type of camp so i found myself sat on a bus and i had my little outfit on and i realized that i packed a hoodie in case i wanted to not be as gay and i was sat on this bus thinking i'm in east london right now east london is pretty high camp but i'm also thinking actually i kind of have to reel myself back in and I think that's really interesting, you know, the concept of not being able to hold someone's hand in public and the concept of having to reel yourself back in and not be out. For me, at least, I'm glad that I can now sort of present my whole self everywhere. And I kind of hope that that is something people feel that they are comfortable to do more and more um, if they want to. Should they want to? Because you shouldn't have to. Of course. But if you want to. And we were lucky for our quite a quick conversation series that plenty of celebrities uh, asked each other that question as well over the summer. One of my favourites was the brilliant chat with Kate Holderness and Adele Roberts. It was absolutely incredible to listen to. So before we play this clip from Kate and Adele, we wanted to send them both all of our love from everyone at Virgin Radio. Following on from Adele's bowel cancer diagnosis and operation a few weeks ago, we are thinking of you and we absolutely love you. Oh my God, so much love to Kate and Adele and the whole family. And yes, we're sending so much love. So let's have a listen to Kate and Adele's coming out stories. How was coming out to your family for you? Yeah, it went a bit wrong. So um, I went on to a national TV show and came out. So I was out to my friends. I'd managed to come out to myself, but I didn't actually have that conversation with my parents. And Mm -hmm. I just went on this TV show and I was myself. And I just thought, I'll just worry about it later. And in the end, the TV show was so horrific. They had other stuff they were in a mood about. (laughs) (laughs) That was just one thimble in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, so in the end they didn't mind too much I mean they don't mind at all about me being gay I think it was just more they felt upset that they thought that I thought that I couldn't tell them yeah they wish that I knew I could have told them and yeah. I wish I had so you wish maybe you'd done it a different way oh yeah I should have told them before I went on the tv show yeah. absolutely to be fair I don't think you even told them you were going on the tv I didn't, show no no so there's a lot of it was a weird time in my life and I was just going through a lot and I think the tv show in a way was escapism from my life at that point there was it was a very tough time and I just went in there and thought I'll worry about it later and I've worried about it subsequently for 20 years since <laughs> <laughs> keep paying for that mistake well done yeah um what about you I took the method of just never coming out. <laughs> Surprise, Dave and Sue. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not actually ever come out. Mm. So 
Why is this? Is this because you don't feel that you have to? Have you always just been able to be yourself? Well, I think it's a combination of things. So I think when I was reaching the age of starting to want to go out with people, our family just didn't really talk about going out with people. So it was a bit cringe. So I think even if I had a boyfriend, mm. I probably wouldn't have told them. For Is a that bit. just you or your brothers and sisters as well? Kind of me, but I think because I'm the youngest, there's like a 12 year gap. I was always like the baby. So it fe- kind of felt a bit weird mm. if I was like, I've got a boyfriend or I've got a girlfriend. Yeah. So I just never mentioned it. Mm. And then as I kind of got older, I kind of realized, well, straight people don't have to come out you know there's not a a day where they have to sit their family down and tell them so um just one day i was going out with a girl so do you think they know you're gay (laughs) yes why (laughs) because they know you they love you because now i I talk about it openly with them don't i I, Mm. like i call you my girlfriend and they'll ask if we're getting married and stuff they they do know um but yeah I, i kind of eased into it I think and I don't think to be fair I ever had a day where I came out to myself I don't think I ever had that time where I realized I was gay I just was which sounds really weird but looking back that's how it happened no I like that because a lot of people say oh everybody has to come out but I think it's important that if somebody doesn't feel that way that somebody says it so yeah well done for saying that Mm. That's two very different coming out stories there. I think Kate's idea of not feeling like she's had to come out at all is also really interesting. It's really interesting. I found a certain like personal familiarity in the sense of like, I obviously mentioned, came out to mum, came out to dad. The rest of it was just people had to assume. All of a sudden when I'm sat at the dinner table at Christmas and my phone goes brrr, and it's like, yeah, that's grinder. Um, not that my family know what the grinder notification is, noises, because I was asking a lot of questions. Um, but it was just, I really get that, and it's really nice that Kate's in that position, so you know, happy with yourself, and so happy with going forward in life, and just, oh, it does fill you with a bit of joy, doesn't it? Um, yeah. That experience of coming out on on a TV show from Adele sounds quite similar to someone else's coming out story. Do you not think? Yeah. <laughs> Does it? Um, mm. Mm, I actually really, really uh, look up to Adele a lot as one of the very few queer people of colour in the radio industry, an, an industry that, you know, I'm obviously just trying to, to make my mark on. It means a lot that there's somebody already who's paved the way for me and it helps that she's just downright awesome. Oh, she is. Um, but, you know, Adele coming out on a TV show... With the whole nation basically watching that. I'm like everybody was glued to their screens, right? Everybody watched that show. And I imagine Adele's parents as well were stuck watching that show as well. Yeah, like that I think had a significantly larger audience than my show on BBC Radio Wiltshire. Go on. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's you sometimes don't feel like the right moment is ever there you know people sometimes wait for the right moment to have that perfect conversation with your loved ones about who you are and who you want to sleep with um but they those moments never come maybe and for Adele that was a moment that 
happened to arise on television and that's how her parents found out. Do you know what? Sometimes you've just got an idea or you've got a moment and you've just got to run with it. And you know what? I admire that. Um, <laughs> I find that idea of Adele's parents wanting to know why she didn't feel comfortable, you know, telling them. That seems to be a common theme, doesn't it? For all of us. Yeah, it's parents are the hardest ones to tell, aren't they? Oh, you just don't want to let them down. <laughs> you know, mum, dad, I am probably not going to naturally have your offspring. That's basically That's what kinda... sometimes breaking it down to like the raw level. I will not be able to conceive children naturally. I hope you're okay with that. But actually, you know, as we'll probably explore somewhere down the line in the Virgin Radio broadcast, isn't always the case. We've had plenty of conversations about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, you know, I came out as bisexual when I, when I first came out to my parents and again like that I'm not like completely you know erasing the fact that I might never be in a relationship with somebody who could impregnate me um it's just the fact that I think parents largely or at least my parents like had this vision for the life that they wanted for me and they wanted that life to sort of have the least amount of resistance and I think they were more it's not that they weren't supportive when I came out they were just worried that I by coming out and by being you know a member of the LGBTQ plus community a community that they've heard of having had such hardship Mm -hmm. they didn't want any of that hardship for me I don't think and I think that's what was hard for them to wrap their heads around that I might become some sort of target of course like no parent wants to to feel like they've thrown their kid into a cesspit of hate which you know when my parents grew up on the generation of the AIDS crisis my parents grew up on a generation of constant hate towards LGBTQ plus people my my parents grew up in section 28 you know the whole concept of being able to discuss sexuality as if it's a normal thing being illegal inside schools that that point you know we're growing up and realizing who we are but being this elephant in the room as alexandra burke brought the phrase to the uk the elephant in the room that we can't talk about and i can understand why some parents are really really protective and go i really kind of don't want that for my kids yeah but here we are smashing it eh? i fully yeah hey (laughs) i fully get what you're saying there though and like that's sometimes why i think it can be quite hard Mm. when you come out to to someone you know a parent or a family member or just somebody who you love in your circle who doesn't necessarily take it immediately well right away it can be really hard for you to to deal with that as a person who has spent a lot of time coming to terms with who they are and their identity internally yeah you've got that moment exactly you think like this is i know my identity now and I'm going to tell everyone and they have to be on board with it. Oh, but... And that's not always the case. It doesn't always go to plan. No. Uh, this often, often, you know, we, we've heard about it before. We've often heard about the times that that reaction, that receipt, you know, isn't positive and is actually quite negative and damaging. And that's exactly what happened to one of our quite a queer conversation guests, Latrice Royale of Drag Race fame, chatted to their drag queen co-star Gareth Joyner aka Myra Dubois about being outed by their brother and having to leave home it was my brother who outed me and he and and wasn't even so much um that he did it with any kind of like he didn't do any attack it was the most cruel 
oh. uh, way of doing it. Like, so first of all, I haven't even come to terms with my sexuality. I was hanging around with my friend um, who was gay and he was older than me by like five, four or five years, five, five years older than me. But he was openly gay, living at home with his parents still, but um, everyone was fine. They were all mm-hmm. cool with his sexuality. And so I was kind of like hanging around because I sensed there was something in me that connected with him on that level. And were you aware of this or do you think it was a subconscious thing? I was pretty aware. Okay. Like, you know, I like you, you have the feeling and you know that mm-hmm. you're different and you're gay and you see things different. Um, and so I knew. So that's why I really gravitated towards him because I felt like he was someone I could learn from mm-hmm. and uh, he had made some dirty movies oh. back when you had to go to the you know to the video paper store bag. and paper bag yes. exactly <laughs> so the paper bag that was had it stapled i put it i, I hid it in my room i had one of them drawers uh the the, the beds that had the drawers underneath mm-hmm. so i pulled out the drawer all the way put the thing underneath my bed put the drawer back left thought it was fine and my brother had one snooping in my room oh. i found the videos and so when we sat down to dinner and got done eating. He was like, you know, your son's a... <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, to my mom. And I was just like, what? Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? And he's like, I found your dirty movies. And, da, da, da. and like, and then we got into this huge fight. It got physical. And we fought. My mother was crying, trying to break us up. Uh-huh. And we rumbled and tumbled around the house. And then I had enough because my mother was getting more and more upset. And I was like, I wasn't taking it no more. So I left. And I, I, I walked five miles to a friend's house. And I made a phone call and made arrangements to leave that night. And I came back home and packed and mm-hmm. kissed my mother goodbye. And I never looked back. Some quite shocking stuff there from Latrice Varel, but sadly, these sorts of negative reactions are all too common for many LGBTQ plus people in our community who would attempt to come out. Yeah, I mean, I get that it's horrible when you come out and you have negative reactions. But what's happening here with Latrice is almost different. Latrice is not ready to come out and is Mm -hmm. being forced to. Latrice is being outed. And there's a massive issue there with like being ready yourself and and being in a safe situation to be able to make sure that if it doesn't go well you are going to be okay you will still have a roof over your head to sleep that night and that opportunity for Latrice to you know have that moment where they could come out and and celebrate themselves as somebody who is ready to to tell the world who they are was taken away oh of course it's really important to you know only have to come out when you're actually ready but also this is from personal experience being ready to come out to your parents or your family is not the same as being ready to come out to my case my school and i enjoyed that i had this new school fresh start and one person who i told in confidence decided to tell someone in the school who then told someone else in the school and all of a sudden they're on the back foot. You're not ready to come out. And I wasn't ready to come out. I started a new school. I just wanted to kind of buy some nice stationery and be happy. And Stationery shopping is always the best. It's so important. Every time you start a new job, new school, get a new pencil case. And I, did, I didn't, I barely got my pencil case. And I'm having to deal with people saying, oh, so it was an all boys school. Oh, so you're bent. I'm like, great. That's just what I want to deal with. Just getting used to the new school. And then 
having to deal with that and having to deal with people looking at you in a, in a funny way and you think oh they're, they're obviously not looking at me because i'm new but then gradually if you can you know i had all the support from my family i had all the support from my friends you can have the positive reaction but of course there's the negative times as well for me it like really made clear who my friends actually were mm-hmm. because when i came out and i was like from the from when i was ready to come out i was out out right out out i was out out and i was like super like uptight about anything to do with sexuality like mm, 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 not gonna talk about this it's something that i gotta work out and then, and then confetti i was just like rainbows everywhere just like having the time of my life and um it really alienated some of my friends because some of them were like cool that's cool we can vibe with this didn't know that breaking news but okay we're on board happy to be here for the ride and then other friends were kind of like "Ah, i'll text you back and sort of never heard from them again Mm. Um, and what I found really weird is that there were some friends who took it really, really badly, you know, um, tended to be female friends who were kind of like, oh, no, we're having a sleepover and I don't know if that's going to be the right kind of vibe. And uh. it was all horrible and it felt disgusting and it kind of went back to that gay panic of the 70s and the 80s. But now I'm like seeing their Instagram stories because, yes, I like to I like to lurk. I like to know what people are up to. <laughs> I like to see what's going on. And I'm like, they're watching RuPaul's Drag Race. They've got a favourite queen. And while they couldn't be that person there for me, like, 10 years ago, sometimes, like, I'm I'm 50-50 because I've decided that I don't have to decide about anything. I'm bisexual. <laughs> and um, I'm 50-50. Sometimes I'm like, that's great. I'm glad that they're now here on this, this like, journey where they love and accept LGBTQ plus people and they're on board. And then sometimes I'm like, why couldn't they have done that for me 10 years ago? I hate them. And where do they stand now? Would you give them a second chance if we chuck quotes around it? Depends on how I feel on the day. (laughs) That's exactly the question which Matt Cain asked his panel on his Sunday roast on Virgin Radio Pride. Yeah, speaking to Mishti Ali, who herself had to leave home due to a negative reaction when she came out, and Dan Gillespie Sells, they've both got a lot to say on this topic. I would say that you have to do whatever's right for you and you have to do whatever makes you feel, first of all, safe and, and you have to do it when you're ready. And as long as whoever's doing it is doing it on their terms and they're making it not about the other person and not about trying to fix the other person or make the other person, you know, like, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, accept them or any of that kind of stuff. They're doing, you're doing it for the sake of the, the, your want for that relationship. Right, I want to bring in some comments from our listeners um, answering this question. Should we give people a second chance if they respond negatively when we come out? Sam on Facebook says it depends if they ask for a second chance. Marcus on Instagram, absolutely yes. Hatred is taught as upsetting as it is to us. Hugh on Twitter says, I think it depends on who it is and their importance to you. If it's a friend or family member, you're probably going to want to work at that relationship. But if it's someone you meet at a party and they react negatively when you say you're gay well screw them which I agree I agree with what do you think Dan I think so I think it depends like I say you've got to make that choice yourself and you've got to make sure that you're feeling like you're up for that mm. you know I don't think anyone should feel like they that like, like there's a necessarily a pressure because it's tiring 
it's exhausting. You might just go, you know what? I haven't got the energy. I need to look after myself first mm. and then my relationship second. And then maybe that's how, you know, I think it's important to to, to recognise that sometimes these relationships just aren't going to work. And, it, and just because someone is of your blood, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to have to have a relationship with them. But... Because you could keep going back and keep getting knocked back and keep getting slightly driven yeah. down and keep having the same scars reopened. And that would be awful. So there is a point in which you have to go, actually, this isn't going to work. But there's also, I don't think after the first attempt, you should give up. I mean, your question is about if on your first coming out, it's a negative experience, you should definitely say, no, that's it. You've had one chance. Because I think that's probably shooting yourself in the foot as much as anything else. Oh, totally. Um, it's interesting what you say, though, because actually there was a point earlier on when it really struck me that we all kind of just take for granted that if we don't have relationships with family members for whatever reason, it's we've somehow failed. And actually, yeah. I would argue that um, if your family members are taking a certain stance to who you are as a person, then actually it's a sign of success to walk away and, and cut the ties. Do you, do you think, Mishti, are you proud of yourself for standing up and walking away? I mean, 100%. There have been loads of times where I've been like, oh, no, this this hasn't gone the way that I wanted it to. Or, you know, it's small things, especially at uni. Like, if I'm like, oh, that essay wasn't great, and then I go, hang on. The fact that I'm here at all, in a place where I'm happy, surrounded yeah. by friends who I know love and care about me, that is way more than I thought that I'd have. And, I mean, for so many, like, queer youth out there, that's not an option that they have. So, you know, go, going through something like that and being able to keep yourself together and still, you know, hold your head high, I think that anybody should be proud of that. We really want to reiterate the point that coming out is so important, but it's even more important to only do it when you feel safe and ready. And we wanted to also share some places you can visit if you're struggling with coming out. You can call Switchboard from 10am to 10pm every day for confidential advice on 0300 330 0630. Or you could also visit AKT, a charity which specialises in helping homeless LGBTQ plus youth. They're at www.akt.org.uk. Remember though, if you are in immediate danger, always call 999. And if you missed them, details for both of these fabulous charities will be in the show's descriptions. Coming up, we're going to be chatting to Virgin Radio Pride's very own Emma Goswell about her book, Coming Out Stories, as well as talking about how we can make the coming out process better for those who are yet to do it. First, though, here's Daryl with our very first Virgin Radio Pride weekly update. Thank you. First... <laughs> Britney Spears' mother, Lynn Spears, has officially asked that her daughter's estates pay her attorney's fees in the battle over Britney's conservatorship. The 66-year-old's never had a formal role in the complex legal arrangement that has seen Britney's personal financial affairs controlled largely by her father, Jamie. But she is considered an interested party in the affair and is now asking that more than $600,000 in legal fees and costs be paid according to court documents. The actor Alan Cumming is releasing his second memoir, Baggage, Tales from a Fully Packed Life. It looks at his love affair with work and his life in Hollywood. It also explores the tradition of marriage, starting with the breakup of his first to a woman and ending with his second of 17 years so far to a man. 
He's been speaking to us about his relationship. I love him. I think he's just a great, great person. And I can't imagine you know, him not being my partner, my true partner. And he makes me laugh. Again, I want to be honest about the fact that it's not perfect, but you have to work at it and you have to be vigilant. But actually, I really feel I don't want to be with anyone else. And finally for this week, Tom Daly says coming out as gay was a traumatic experience, but also very liberating. The 27-year-old's told GQ magazine that he wishes he'd done it earlier. He also says that it was hard exploring sexuality in the public eye. I'll have more next week. You're listening to the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Thanks, Daryl. Now, Emma Goswell's weekend outing was one of the highlights of Virgin Radio Pride. There were so many great moments, and I'm very excited to say that Emma is back. Woohoo! Oh, it's not even a Sunday, and here I am. Hello, Emma. Yes, her brilliant podcast, Coming Out Stories, has just been turned into a fabulous book. Yeah, you can read that. And she's here to tell us all about it. Emma, book format, I love that, because reading is what? Um fundamental (laughs) reading is fundamental thank you for the prompts there shivana oh my god you guys are so high energy aren't you i love it my god i've had a hot chocolate before i come in and that's enough sugar to it's the sugar rush it's the sugar rush i'm just happy to see you oh it's just wonderful to be here because it was just so lovely being part of the virgin radio family over the summer and i've missed everybody and i've just missed it being a thing really so it's really nice that we can be doing this and you know still reaching out to people and getting people listening exactly alex and i can't get enough and your (laughs) podcast um particularly coming out stories had so many great stories involved in that and what made you decide maybe people want to read about this rather than hear about this well I mean it's unusual isn't it because I I never consider myself a writer or a publisher I am a broadcast I'm a radio presenter like you guys I do well blooming three podcasts now the podcast coming out me is um, but an academic person, a writer, I am not. So I hadn't particularly ever thought about doing a book, but I've been doing my podcast coming out stories for about three years. It very much does what it says on the tin. It is stories from across the beautiful breadth of our LGBTQ plus family. Literally, it's just me and one other person. We sit down, chew the fat, and they tell me their coming out story or several of their coming out stories because, of course, we don't all just have one, do we really? <laughs> and we've been doing this sort of merrily for about, three years actually um myself and um the my friend who publishes it whose idea it was by the way who is a straight cisgender woman so big up to her for being a most amazing ally my friend sam walker and she got an email saying we're publishers we'd like to turn your podcast into a book so immediately we just thought well this is a scam that that's not happening is it that's not real no one wants no one just offers you a book contract (laughs) via a random email (laughs) That doesn't happen. Um, did you report it... them to uh, Ford Action UK? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. And, and luckily, I didn't need to because they were absolutely legitimate um, publishers. Um, so we were just very lucky, really. I'm just, I'm a, I've got such menopausal brain, I forgot the name of my publishers, so I'll give them a shout out. Jessica Kingsley Publishers. And actually look them up because they do do loads and loads of LGBTQ plus um, books and, and different publications. They are genuinely really good. So the, the only person I know that's had a book published by them was um, Ellie Barnes, who I had on my weekend outing, who runs a brilliant organisation called Schools Out, making schools much more LGBT inclusive. And she's written a book with a woman um, from Oxford University 
and they were published by the same publisher. So I said, is this legit? Are they good? She was like, yeah, yeah, do that. So they basically approached us and said, we've always wanted to do a collection of coming out stories because, do you know what, if you look at what's out there in the market, there are celebrities telling their coming out story, which is great. People like Gareth Thomas, people like Will Young. But, you know, there weren't many books that were compilations of real average people on the streets, LGBTQ coming out stories. So they said, basically, we've always wanted to do this. Well done you. You've already done all the hard work. You've gone and interviewed loads of people. Um, so perhaps you could put it together for us. I've got to ask. So we're talking 27 stories and you. What was your story uh, of coming out like? Well, we're going back to 1989. And I, I'm, I think I'm right in saying I'm the only person my age is this old who can remember the exact moment they discovered they were gay because most people it's quite a long process I've spoken mm-hmm. to a lot of people about the coming out process but I can tell you that I became gay on January the 26th 1989 <laughs> and on January the 25th 1989 I wasn't gay in my head that's true there were probably things going on but it was the first day that I was attracted to a woman um, so I remember it very very clearly and we ended up having a relationship I was absolutely traumatized by the whole thing because it was the 1980s and there were no lesbians they just didn't exist they just weren't there there were no there were none um apart from martina navratilova i think that was the only person who was actually a lesbian that anyone had heard of so there were lots of gay men who were out but i literally thought i was the only person in the world and i was in a place where i would never ever come out at school i would never come out to anybody um and then basically what happened was my girlfriend dumped me and I became very morose and very teenager and um, depressed and my parents were very worried about me because I was just very down and not myself my dad took me into his bedroom made me sit on the end of his bed and never forget this and it was like multiple choice of parental nightmares and my dad just looked at me and went Emma what the hell is wrong with you are you on drugs are you pregnant or are you a lesbian so I just said yes (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I couldn't even say it I was so repressed I, was, I couldn't even say yes I'm a lesbian I just went yes one of those and he guessed basically and he cried and we talked and then we went to the pub and had a beer because um, that's how we deal with things as a family but um, it all worked out okay in the end so yeah it, it was it was a struggle um, but I managed to find the words in the end but you know as my story will we'll, be the same as your you guys you never just come out once that's like the that's the big story telling a parent isn't it but then you find yourself coming out about ninety five thousand times throughout your life don't you really yeah basically every single day <laughs> yeah and in, in your case you're finding constantly having to remind people and getting them to get things right oh yeah every day multiple times but it's all good um it's just one of those things that it's it's that's the sacrifice that i'm making for being authentically me. Yeah. And it's it's our job in a way as LGBTQ plus people to educate others. I think sometimes that people and especially parents in different generations struggle and they don't fully understand. You know, I've spoken to loads of people. I spoke to a great guy called Richard who happens to be Muslim and his dad said to him, don't worry, we can sort this. Um, there are pills that you can take to make you straight. And for the first time in his life, he realised that he had more knowledge than his father and that it was his turn to turn around and educate his own father. And I think we have we have to do that regularly 
when we, we come out, don't we? Yeah. We do, we do. So how can we then, you know, how do you think we can make the coming out process slightly easier for those who are yet to do that? I think don't make such a big song and dance about it. I think it, it, it should be, and this is my aim, and I said I want my book stolen from libraries. I also want to make myself redundant and not have to do this anymore because I want it to become boring. It shouldn't be interesting. It shouldn't be traumatic. And, yes, it is still so traumatic for so many people, and not just the people that I've spoken to who have ended up literally losing everything and their families turned their back on them. They've been literally walking the streets homeless. They've been suicidal. You know, the people from very educated families still go through trauma. It's it's still so difficult in 2021. But I'd like it just to be boring, to be like, oh, OK, this is as interesting a fact that you're telling me as the fact that you don't want garlic in your dinner or, you know, you don't like anchovies. It, it should be that interesting, really. So I think not making a big drama about it in a sort of positive sense or negative sense, it's just, OK, that's great. I'm still going to love you. It makes no difference. Let's move on. Let's talk about something more interesting instead. I think I think that's the best way. My best friend when I came out to her at university was I was really sweating and really panicking about doing it. And she literally said, yeah, Emma, I know that. Anyway, can you just move to your left a bit? Because I think that bloke over there is trying to give me the eye. And actually, <laughs> that was that was the best response I could have had because was she knew... Was he trying to give her the eye? I, I actually can't remember because do you know what? I didn't really care. <laughs> and, and, and do you know what? This is the thing, isn't it? Really, most people don't particularly care who you want to go and sleep with because they're more interested in who they're going to go and sleep with that night. So I can't remember how it, it definitely didn't work out long term with that boy that was giving her the eye because then what? Because uh, then I went off to go to a gay club and left her at the students' union full of straight men. So I don't know what happened with that guy. But that, but that's that's an important lesson, though, isn't it? Most people just are bothered you know we're friends and that should be enough you know now let's move on to something more important in my life is that boy giving me the eye <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it has been such a pleasure to chat with you emma thank you so much if you're interested in the book it's called coming out stories and it's available in all of the good bookshops yes and support independence i always say this so support particularly lgbt bookshops like gaze the word in london and queer lit in manchester i'm sure there are others but support the independence you're listening to the virgin radio pridecast yep and that's just about all we've got time for today we'll be back next week and every friday in fact with another look back through the virgin radio pride archives if you've got something to say about anything we've chatted about this week, we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Virgin Radio UK using hashtag Virgin Radio Pridecast. I felt like RuPaul at the beginning of every Drag Race episode when he's like, hashtag Drag Race UK. Or you can email us on our very swanky new email address. That is pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. Exactly. And next week, we are going to be chatting about something a little bit meta, not in the Facebook way. We're talking about the need for representation and even the need for Virgin Radio Pride itself. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. But we thought we'd end on some positive advice from another member of the Virgin Radio family. Here's what Tom Allen had to say to someone who was thinking of coming out. See you next week. It would be bold of me to offer any advice. What do I know? Lived at home with his parents, lives 37. But um, I think if you feel different, be as different as you can. I don't know if that's good advice or not. It's great you, you know, just that's what I realised. I got to a point where I just, I was like, I'm a bit strange. 
I'm interested in all these peculiar things. And people around me were like, why? Why are you interested in that? Why? What's that? Why? Why don't you just like normal things? Why are you like that? Why do you talk like that? I always had this posh voice, which my family never had. They were like, why? Why do you talk like that? No one else talks like that. And it's like, I was constantly explaining myself. And then I just sort of went, you know what? Why not just be as weird as I can be? And there'll be so many questions for people, they won't know where to start, yeah. and they'll leave me alone. And that's kind of what happened. Was there an age um, when that all kind of fell into place, when you thought, finally, no, I am who I am? Sorry to be so cliche about the whole thing, but I'm just going to be me. There, there was, and there wasn't. And, and I, I think, of course, I, yeah, of course, it does get better for people, anybody who's worried about and feeling very isolated or, you know, nervous about, about the world. You know, regardless of their their identity, uh, I think everybody feels an, an anxiety about growing up, and of course, it does get better. I think, but what I wanted to say as well is, it gets it it gets better, but it gets better when you kind of learn to love yourself, and I think that's a difficult yeah thing. And it's very easy, you know, kind of it can be a bit glib and people are like just love yourself. You've got to love yourself, and it's like, well, what does that mean? You mm. know, how do I do that? How you know, do you the world start? How do you start? And the world has potentially set you up. Well, for me, I felt the world had set up to be like. Don't love yourself. In fact, it's the opposite of love yourself. Yeah. Um, and so it's difficult to undo that. So I, I, I say it absolutely gets better and take those um, jumps, those leaps, um, because you will, um, you will be supported. You will find people out there who love you back and will support you. But don't worry if it doesn't happen instantly like it does in, um, in, in, in films. 